Well, welcome, welcome, uh, Father Plato Angelica. So glad you could join us today on this special bonus episode of the Devils in the Details Exorcist fan TV show podcast. Who you are meeting today is Bishop Plato Angelicus. He is an ordained Catholic, Orthodox Catholic priest with the Oblates of St. Teresa in Wisconsin in 1999. Uh, he also holds a certificate as a registered exorcist uh, deliverance minister, advanced practice registered demonologist, and he was also consecrated bishop with the Mexican National Catholic Church. And presently, uh, Bishop Plato presides as Archbishop of the Holy Order of St. Michael the Archangel, Mexican National Catholic Church in Canada. Um, thank you. Thank you again for joining us today and, no and listening to our questions and sharing a little bit of your knowledge and experience with us. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be here. Well, then I'll just go ahead and, and start it off. Everything, everything, everything. <laughs> really, it's such a, it's such a uh, different world than most of us live in. Uh, a common question that everybody's been asking us. We ask people to send in questions. They say, is this real? And how? <laughs> just just one, where do you answer, even start with this? That, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it is so real. It's, it, it even <laughs> astonishes me because it was not what I started out as I just, uh, you know, as uh, being Orthodox, you know, I am married, I have children, I have a mortgage, I go through what everybody else goes through, plus a little bit more. So I uh, was raised as a Greek Orthodox um, uh, and was brought up as Greek Orthodox. I converted to Catholicism. So I brought that marriage component over. Not that, you know, back in the 1180 and prior to that, most priests, bishops, and even popes for that matter, were married and had children and whatnot. So um, this is how it is today. They're not married today. This is something that the church wanted to do. But aside from that political sort of aspect, um, this is why I'm still I'm an independent bishop, recognized by Rome through the Mexican National Church as being someone with valid faculties and orders. So um, I decided to become a registered nurse. I'm a critical care nurse. I work in the ER, ICU, do flight nursing. And this is what I do to make my living. So uh, whatever I do as a priest or as a bishop, uh, there is I don't charge any money, which which is great for me because I get to leave the politics out of it, leave all the sort of monetary things that go that are involved, and I can go and do my business and know that it's this is something that whatever God gives me, I sort of give back out. Having said that, uh, I I decided to do this more of as a hobby, something that I always wanted to be. And there was a bishop in Wisconsin that took me under his wing ordained me a priest, trained me one-on-one, -on -one, and sort of worked my way through that, uh, through those ropes. Uh, eventually, um, uh, Archbishop Parnell of the Mexican National Catholic Church, though I'm not Mexican, though they kept the name because they wanted to sort of honor sort of that lineage. There's a lineage that they, they, they broke away from Rome, but they were recognized as being valid. It was sort of, it's all part of the Mexican, Mexican, Mexican Revolution. And they, uh, there was a bishop that was exiled out, and then they sort of had their own in there, and then Rome got involved. And anyway, so they decided to give them their own Roman, sort of like their own see. Yeah, so they're not part of the Roman see, but they have, they have their own see in Mexico, and they're allowed to have their own sort of autonomy. So this is why I'm part of the Mexican National Catholic Church. Uh, my faculties are valid based on the apostolic succession, the laying of the hands. I, my lineage goes back to St. Um, uh, James. So uh, being an independent bishop, I don't have the constraints of, of the politics and all those other things that are involved. I'm allowed, and I want to just, just perform marriages, baptisms, and you know those sorts of things. 
until I got a phone call, a magic phone call I got several years ago as telling me, oh, hi, look, we have a situation. Uh, there's a, we're a paranormal team. Uh, that's the Ottawa Paranormal Research uh, team in, in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And uh, we've had a situation, we sort of got ourselves uh, into a little bit of trouble here. There's a, a woman that seems to present possessed and with extraordinary strength and languages and all those sorts of things, things you see in the movies in Hollywood. And would you like coming down and having a, having a little, you know, helping us out a little bit here? Never encountered this before. It was just something that I never even thought about doing. It was not yeah. something that I, I said, oh, I'm going to be an exorcist when I become a priest. It was just, it was, so I went, I went and uh, joined the team, went into the investigation. And of course it was, uh, yeah, it was one of the, one right. of the, to this day, still one of the most um, intense uh, exorcism of a, of a person I have ever encountered. Took two days uh, to liberate this. And this is the first one. So this this was your very first yeah, one, was, and it's, it's one, one of the most memorable. Blow <laughs> me under the bus, and I was hooked. I was hooked, and and then I felt it was a calling because it does. It just seemed, and uh, without any effort on my part, it just seemed that I got tied into this group. And next thing you know, I'm going on paranormal conventions. I'm doing speeches. I'm doing little. Uh, I'm doing consulting with people. So I guess this is what God. This was God's calling. And that's, and that's, uh, so, and, and, you know, having said that, I don't have, I, I didn't start off with a lot of experience, but it just seems that I go in and I'm, I'm effective. Mind you, that was one of our worst cases. I've had a few other ones that were very close to that. So, so can you describe a little bit about what you saw? <laughs> so that very first case, it is one of the most memorable. What, can you, I, I know oh, that it's, <laughs> you said movie style, but like, can you just explain a little bit what you saw, what you heard? Well, you're talking about a 60 year old woman who hasn't eaten and drank in, in a month or month and a half. Um, was being seen by a psych uh, psychiatrist. Uh, the psychiatrist who actually was Eastern Indian, so he sort of understood the and accepts the sort of the exorcisms that, that people do and, and know that that's a part of the healing. The number one thing is when you're, when you're, there's different types, there's sort of different forms of possession. There's, you know, you, there's infiltration, there's, you can be, you can be harassed, you can be sort of, for, you know, layman's terms, you, you know, you, you can have bad luck in your, in your relationships. This is the, the evil gets involved in your, in your affairs. This woman has a history. Her family was a, were, were a Satanist. They were Satan religious sort of, you know, followers and whatnot. And they were the ones that were out in the field with robes and doing all those sorts of things that you hear about. She grew up in that sort of environment, witnessing sort of those, those rituals. Uh, but it was a daughter that called us up. It was a daughter who called us up and said, uh, you know, it's something wrong with my mother. Because the possessed person is not going to give me a call and say, hey, hi, I'm possessed by a demon. Can you help me out? I mean, just, you know, it's not to his, you know, to, to his Deborah, no. The, the demon is not going to want to give you a call, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. So, so I was just looking, all my mother's in trouble. And so, we, um, yeah, she she for, for <laughs> trying to keep it as confidential as possible, but you know, for the for the most part, she showed extraordinary strength. It's through four of us, throw us around the room. There were four adults, strong adults. You know, the um, the whites of the eyes roll back. You try to do it now. That's something you can, you know, sort of naturally do. Um, some language coming out. Um, the strength is part of the, the number one thing was the yeah. strength for her. Yeah. Was, it was a, she had extraordinary strength. Once we were able to get her out of the house, believe it or not, for some reason, this particular demonic entity could not leave the home. I don't know why. Um, but once we got her out, she sort of like just woke right up. It was like nothing. Um, so as long as we kept her out of the home, it was fine. So then I pretty much was just me and it. 
one on one. Because no one else wanted to go back in, right? So yeah. I dealt with. I, I, Wait, so the team that you brought in didn't even want to, they were too scared to go back into the house oh, with you? Yeah. The, oh, yeah. they, your they, helpers? They, uh, they, they, they pretty much took care of her more. Um, again, this is not their specialty. They're, they're paranormal investigators. They're very good at what they do. I'm very fond of this team. Um, I found them to be very professional, very experienced. They go in, they use the proper equipment. But when they do the deal with this person, that's sort of like flaring out and is, ah, you know, you know, I've learned that, you know, they do this thing. So I've, I've used a lot of spiritual people who are very sensitive and they say, oh no, it's, it's not here anymore. Like she's sort of gone back to kind of a sleep mode and I'll go back. Okay. Where is it? It's down to the basement. It's in the corner and I've got it cornered. I've and then I'll bind it. I'll actually bind it with, oh, with, with prayers, and then it can't go anywhere. So I binded it. Did you, so the, the the binding? I'm I'm interested. To say, is that a specific prayer no, right that you bind used you. to I'm bind? Or? To bind you in the name of Christ. You cannot go anywhere. You're going to stay there until I tell you otherwise. And I actually have uh, another case. We we went and we purchased um, what construction workers would use to like a heat kind of heat sensor kind of gun and you kind of go through the walls and you kind of sense where the wires are for construction purposes. So it was that. And we actually pointed at this entity that I had bonded at a different case and we could actually I'm see so scared. I'm so scared right now. Lines <laughs> on the entity. But, and even the client's family was looking at me saying, wow, this is amazing. Like they were all like looking at this video going, I can't believe it. Like there it is. We can see it. We can't see with the naked eye, but we can see it on the heat, heat sensor kind of screen because we can record it. I take pictures of it, and it's got, it's got like looks like a ropes or chains, and it's and it's so I thought, wow, that's obviously I'm, whatever I'm doing, it's working, it's find it, and it's it's ticked off, right? Obviously, so so and it's just trying to get it, trying to get away, right? And and but how are you not? Ter- I'm terrified right now. Like how would it, when you see something like that, like how do you not immediately say, nope, I'm done, <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I just. I don't know why I'm not scared. I'm not frightened by it. It's 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 it's. Uh, I, mean, I saw the movie The Exorcist when I was a young kid. It, it scared a little bit. Daylights out of me, you know. And and I'm gonna Same uh, like today. That to me would be no problem. Like I would go in. I would go in now and wouldn't even. I wouldn't even think twice. In the real life, you know what? If it's done correctly and it's done with uh, with faithfulness and you know with with a sincere heart that you're going in there with that boldness and that veracity and you know that you you know I cast you out. It's gone. It's gone, and it's not coming back unless someone else calls it back somewhere else. So uh, this works. This is real. This works. Prayers works. The the, the rituals work. The incense, the water, <laughs> the oil, all work uh, in the real world. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, uh, because I uh, I wanted to keep it for uh, for later, but you said something that when uh, you do it right and you win uh, the the entity is gone. So uh, I was reading about uh, Father Amort's last exorcism, and it was uh, uh, about uh, an Italian woman. Uh, her name was Christina, and uh, that was her ninth in con- uh, exorcism with Father Amort. Why mm-hmm. did it take so long? Do you think? Some some take longer. Yeah. Yeah, some take longer than others. Uh, the, the one, the one that I did, the first one, took about two days. Uh, some take longer than others. Um, I know Father Morth. I read most of his books, um, and there were some that were a year. Some took him a year. He, he had to go every day for a year uh, to be liberated. A lot of it has to do with with the person that wants to be exercised as well. I think it has, they they're gonna want this. Um, having 
having said, like, this is my the first case, the person that I did um, had been possessed for many, many years. We're talking, you know, 30, 40 years because she obviously grew up with, wow. this, with this entity, lived with this entity, and it's just been destroying her life throughout you know, time. Um, once we got rid of the entity, uh, she got back into the home. Everything was fine for a while. Then I got a call saying, you know, it's back again. And what really what happened was she called it back herself, which, of course, you know, in the Bible, once you cast oh. out a demon, you got to fill the empty, empty space with something holy, um, some prayers, whatever, because if not, you're leaving a space for the, the, the demon to return um, and it will bring seven worse demons with it. This what had happened with this lady. She actually wanted it back. Call it the Stockholm Syndrome. She's been with this entity for 60 years, who knows how long, 50 years, and for some reason felt empty without it. Why? I have absolutely no idea. Because it was the daughter that wanted wanted the help, right? It wasn't her asking for it. So, you know what? I can help people like that. I, I just do the best I can, and but I wouldn't go back. I'm just going to be doing more harm to you than, than good. Um, I have never followed through with the case. This is what she wanted to do. This is a choice. People have choices. Yeah. My father Morris was so good at doing what he was able to do, and with so much experience, he decided to start asking the questions. Why was this little girl possessed? Right, right. Why was this lady possessed? And the de- and, and ordered the demon to actually tell him why. So he was able to write these wonderful books, which were great training manuals for people like myself and other priests, as to why people get possessed. So. Well, so that leads to my question, because uh, the training that's involved, I I know that a lot of times they're not only the books that you just aforementioned, but there's requirements by by the church. What are some of those things, those processes that that one has to go through in there, order there, to be? Um, there, there is no training. There is no. If you're if you yeah. when you're when you're ordained, um, you're ordained first uh, um, an acolyte, an exorcist, a subdeacon. A deacon, a priest, archpriest, monsignor, bishop, archbishop, cardinal, and ultimately pope. That's the hierarchy. But when you when you go through the actual ordination, you go through the acolyte, which is kind of the person who helps around the around the altar. Then you're an exorcist before you're even a, you're even a deacon. Then you're a priest. So the the, the being um, being made an exorcist is in with every priest. Every priest in the Roman Catholic, Orthodox, Eastern Rites, or the, you know, the, the the main church from Constantinople way back down to Constantine and you know to Christ, we were all exorcists. All the all the even the apostles, they said, you know, I you cast out you can you can cast out mm-hmm. demons in my name, you know, and so we we're all exorcists by ordination. I think where it comes down to it is, uh, it's a calling. That's what I've come to realize. If you're not called to do this, it's just not going to work for you. And so I've known people who have called me and said, look, two old Catholic priests have come and the diocese have gone in and ran out <laughs> with the rest of the, rest of the crew, okay? Because it's, yeah. just, it's not working. So it's like, you know, God, God says, I, I call you to this ministry. You don't, you don't choose me. I chose you. So I, I'm really feeling that this has been a, a calling for me. So this is why I'm effective. I'm not trained by any means. I've never gone to any, any courses. I've done a lot of reading. I have a lot of books. I have a lot of spiritual <laughs> things. I've read a lot of Father yeah. Morth's uh, uh, books just to kind of get sort of, and there's a lot of, lot of information out there to learn. But regardless of all the training, if you don't have the calling, you're not going to be effective. 
And I got a lot of people that are saying, oh, I'm a demonologist and I'm this and I'm not. Well, that's mm-hmm. great. You know, I'm not going to judge anybody. Uh, but you got to remember what an exorcist is. He's just an ordinary person, okay, who's using the power of God. This is the difference. It's not like, you know, I can bless somebody and I can marry somebody and I can do a baptism, whatnot. Those because those are sort of instilled right. to every priest and every bishop and whatnot, even deacons, of course. Of course, confessions, that's another authority given to a priest. You can hear my confessions, and those those confessions that you those sins that you have forgiven will be, you know, what is bond on earth is bond in heaven. So, like, you know, if I say you're forgiven, God's got, God has to, yeah, that's it. You gotta accept it, right? Sort of thing. Um, the exorcism is the same thing. It's, it, but in that case, it's I give you that authority. It's a ministry. It's and I give you that authority. Some people are, are preachers. They're great preachers. I'm not a great preacher. Some people are great at prophecy. Some are great at tongues. Some people are great at healing. Uh, these are all ministries, right? Uh, so some people are great. This is this is sort of like the God giving you that authority and that power to do that task. You got to remember, an exorcist is going in and saying, you know, I'm not saying, you know, by the power of Plato, I cast you out. It's not. That's not what I'm saying. The ritual is quite clear. God commands you. Christ commands you. The Holy Spirit commands you. <laughs> the, Holy, the Holy Mother, all the saints. These are the people who are commanding you to be cast out. I'm just, I'm just the guy who's whipping around the holy water and the oil, making the salad, as I say. You know, the, the famous salad, right? The, the salt's going out, the oil's going out, the water's going out. <laughs> right. I'm tossing the salad, throw a little Greek cheese in there. Baby, bubbity, boo. Everybody's gone. Okay, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's me using. It's, it's basically because of the ministry and being, uh, because of the, of being called. Uh, to do this ministry, God is saying, "I'm giving you my my power." Here it is. Like it's it's really something really astonishing <laughs> if you really think about it. Here's God handing over His yeah. authority, saying, "You know what? I'm taking a day off. Here you go. You can use my power for the day. Go and cast this person out." And that's why it becomes very effective. That's why it's like there's no doubt. Right. Right. Well, so I see because I've heard that there's this kind of like a checklist that determines whether they're possessed or not that that you so you mentioned it's the knowledge of the unknown the speaking in tongues the extraordinary strength those kinds of things the strength the, the uh, adversity adversity to holy objects you know the 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 relics the holy water the crucifix the blessed objects uh those those sorts of things so my question is has have you ever had a case where they didn't check off those boxes and you didn't feel comfortable doing an, an exorcism because you determined that they weren't well, actually possessed? You know, if the person is not possessed and I do one on him or her, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It's you know, because you're not possessed then really, you know, I'm I'm, I'm just doing it out of out of vanity. I'm just not well, vain. I'm doing it in vain where I'm just I'm just going through the words and I'm covering you with water and oil. It's not hurting you. And then after that, it follows with a blessing, right? Right. You know, so so you know, like I said, it's it's a win-win scenario because regardless of whether you are or not, it's it's irrelevant. Um, and the person's saying, "I know, I feel that I'm being possessed." Of course, I I would I would medically check them out. There's going to be medical clearances. You make sure you're medically cleared, you're healthy, and everything's fine. But there isn't really some known medical condition like schizophrenia or you know these things that that you know will look like possession or look you know. Um, but for the most part, if, if most people are just looking for me to come into their house and bless their house, and if, the, and if at the end of the day that makes them feel better, then what's the harm? You know, their house is blessed. They feel good. It could be a placebo effect. They feel great. I walk out. 
what did I, I you know, a couple hours of my time, some salt, some water, some oil, you know, and off we go. So it really, um, they, and then, and then you have an, and then you have a nice salad afterwards too. Um, I, I'm still hearing stories about people still trying to get the salt off the ground because there's so much salt. Um, but I mean, I, but I, but I'm, I'm an eccentric, so I mean, I'm going to go all out. I mean, I will pour boxes of salt. I don't just sprinkle a few grains. I pour gallons of water everywhere, uh, oil on the walls that that are, are going to seep in the drywall that are never going to come out. I'm making the house still comfortable for whoever might be there, might leave, might come back, probably won't come back after you know the incense, the smell of the incense. They hate the smell of the incense. The Satan hates that smell. My rituals, I like to go around outside the house and I kind of cover, I kind of encompass the entire home with exorcism salt. So basically, I'm making sure that whatever is in the home, good or bad, is not going anywhere. Unfortunately, people out there in the 6 billion population, someone does something again and that, that entity reappears somewhere else in the world. So how do you how do you ensure that it's destroyed if 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 anything if they're flying around how do you actually is there a way to destroy them completely or are they just kind of go back into the ether and run nope, around no nope. can't destroy them they go back to uh, they go back to hell or wherever they wherever the demonic sort of hang out um, they were there they were brought up here you know, all because of somebody's consent somebody's uh, direct or indirect consent um, or they dabble in things or or maybe some like we talked about this intergenerational Ty, somebody your great grandmother might have done uh, 200 years ago, um, might it will resonate through the family line. There is a small little ritual that we can break that ties, and you can go forward. I mean, we talked about the blessing uh, the, of the uh, the marital the marital couple. Right, right. So explain that a little bit because you explained it to Gaia and me very well the last time we talked. So, but I found that so interesting that something that somebody has done. Well, well, this this actually this this actually was actually one of the father and mother's books. Actually, this is where I got it from, and uh, this is where because this like I'm I'm grateful for him writing those books because we didn't know and and but I didn't realize that how important and how relevant relevant it was. Among among so many other rituals and so many other customs that we have, one of course we we're going to talk about is when the the groom goes to the bride's father and says, "Can I take your daughter's hand in marriage?" Oh, it's all nice, it's lovely, it's romantic, it's you know, it's great. Especially in Italy, hey, oh, you know, right? Everything's great, right? There's actually a, hist- a, a historical a historical truth to that that it doesn't matter how old you are, so you're not given that blessing. You're basically cursed the marriage. You've just cursed the marriage, and you just basically open up a can of worms, and that doesn't always happen, but now a demonic sort of infiltration can occur through that, through that. And of course, that can go from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation. And and that's what I find so fascinating, is that the, the sins of a great-great-grandmother could still be passed down to this poor girl who doesn't have any... The sins of the father... Are the sins of the sons. That's where the word that well, that's comes from. That's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, that's, yeah. Why is that allowed? <laughs> well, 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 it, it's 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 not fair. But you know, you know, it's not fair. But you know, the, the it's it's divine. It's the divine rule. It's the divine rule. Like you know, your parents. You have to honor your father, and you have to honor your mother in a very simplistic sort of, you know, way. And those Ten Commandments really just come down to family and how we deal with our neighbor. And our, and and our children and our parents and and we are in our with our God, so you know it's unfortunately it is what it is. Sorry, <laughs> you know it's. 
life's not life's not fair. <laughs> so it's so important that the groom's the groom uh, the bride's dad is the one that says yes. We're basically saying, I'm, yeah, I bless this marriage. You're now part of the family. It's all in Father Amor's book. It's apparently he questioned one of the demonics in that situation, saying, why are you tormenting this family or whatever? And it's because so many years ago, the father did not bless the, the marriage. It's right in his one of his books. I'm not sure what I think it's the book. I think it is. So it's, it's right there. So here's a demon who's, you know, who's saying, saying that's wow. why I'm here. Wow. Because the father didn't do it, yeah. the father cursed the, the marriage and all her ch- all her children going forward. You you well, well, you're mentioning the the different cultures and their uh, way of pursuing different mm-hmm. you know lifestyles and things like that. I, that brings to question a lot of things that I've heard about the different cultures and the way they tackle exorcism through uh, religions beyond Catholicism or more of a Christian based background so what are your thoughts and or have you experienced anybody doing an exorcism from a different background and has it worked or what just basically what are your just general thoughts and opinions around uh casting out demons from another faith i'll i'll um, i'll exercise uh, anybody from any, denom- any denom- denomination that you know because the, the number one thing is that they actually tell me they want to be exercised you need i need that consent and mm. for some reason if you really i notice even the ones that are really that really are sort of really under under the under the, the reins of a, do- of a demon, they're still able, by God's grace, to be able to speak out enough to say, help me. And that's all that I need. For the most part, um, people who are not fully possessed, but just sort of are being tormented, they just, I need their consent. Once I have their consent, then it's not a problem in any denomination. It really doesn't matter how it's done. I don't think it's so much the words or sort of like how the world, I, I use the Roman ritual. Um, as you would the exorcist, that's the one that I would use for a person. I have other ones for homes. I have other ones for like for dwellings and for things. I have other ones for objects. Mm-hmm. I have other rituals for the inter- intergenerational ties to break the chain. Um, again, having said that, I I start the process, but I'm expecting the family or the person to carry it on. So I would leave the prayers with them, and a lot of these prayers are actually made for the lay person, so they can actually do their own continued prayers. You know, you know, you know what I mean. Like so, it's you know, it's I mean, you need to, you need to be doing your part because I mean, I can I'll, I'll be there for the night or the day or the week or whatever. Um, but when I'm gone, it's up to you to carry on. And I have many people that I've helped that have gone on now two three years, and they're involving themselves in the church. They're Eucharistic ministers, they're going on, they go every day, every Sunday, they do their fasting on Friday, and they've had no problems, no reoccurrences. Families are doing great, they're, pro- they're prospering, and, you know, financially and spiritually. So you see you see the outcomes, um, but, but, but they're doing their part, you know. Uh, when you don't do your part and you fall back into the same thing, you come to me and you say, okay, you know, I'm involved in this, 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 and this. Uh, but then, you know, three days later, you're back doing the same thing again. So, you know, you know, what do you expect, right? What I hear also is that you have to also believe in those objects. Like if you're, if you're, if you believe in your crucifix, you believe in, uh, in your red, you know, bracelet, if it's that, if there's a, is there power in that faith? If the object isn't necessarily Christian, I guess is what I'm asking. If it is something that is, uh, the Jewish star, you know, and if you believe strongly enough is, does that have the same or equal power of, uh, keeping demons out, as say a crucifix or a Bible would. They, 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 they are objects of faith. Uh, um, faith of 
they're the vis they're a visible a visible sign to maybe other people who are looking at it that I I am professing my faith to God that I you know that to the Father to Jesus like you know wearing a you know wearing a cross you know I may wear a cross at work oh look he's got a cross on I'm professing my faith that you know I believe in Jesus and and this is who I am I'm not ashamed of of, of professing that faith so I think those objects are in themselves just more of a profession there I mean. Do they hold any power? I don't know. They're they're blessed, uh, so they're a deterrent. They're like more like the, you know, the um, uh, sort of makes things a little more difficult for anything demonic to stick around, like the salt. Okay, the salt is an object. Cool. I mean, if you notice through history, if you go through history, right. you'll notice even Jesus. You know, he you know he made you know numerous bread. Like he produced bread and he produced fish, but he had to do it from the bones. And from the crust that were left over, uh, you need water for baptism. You need, like, you know, to do a sacrament. You need, you know, you need the intent, right? You need the the ritual, and you need the 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 um, um, the product, like whether it be a water or salt. You know, so it's 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 the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So God has always let me you know use use things to to um, uh, uh, to do to do to do sort of like the rituals. You know, they're, they're asking for certain. Certain products. You use your salt, your water, um, the blessings, the veneration of the of the the bones of saints. In themselves, they're not really. They're just bones. They're just bones of deceased saints. But they're blessed saints, and they're holy. And some of them are incorruptible. They don't. They don't. You know. They're just. They don't have You know. Decayed and and whatnot. And 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 these are just. These are all sort of faith faith building sort of items. Um, in themselves they, they don't they're not going to cast a demon out i think a lot of it has to do with yourself there is there is the um exorcism uh, of uh, saint pius who created who created um, a prayer for the lay lay person to exercise so as an individual you have the power to exercise but just saying i don't want you here so he says i do not consent to this i do not want this i don't want you here and and of course you might need the help of a priest or an exorcist um but you know, you yourself have to have that in yourself, saying, "I don't want you here." But when you have that weakness, that doubt of faith, that doubt in yourself, that maybe insecurity, you know, and this is what the devil sort of does: it creates all these insecurities, the fear, the doubt, the scariness, right? All that, you know. And then when you have that, you open yourself up, right? So if you have that firm saying, "No, I'm not, I'm yeah, not scared. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I have God." You know, you know what they say. You know what what can what can yeah, I have my what can man do me if 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 I have the power of God in my corner? That's also in scripture. You know what what can man do? What what? Can, but that's so easy. If, if, it seems so easy to say that, but like I'll be sitting <laughs> in, in my in while I'm going to bed at night, and my imagination <laughs> starts going, and I'm like, wait, I am actually really scared out of my mind right now. <laughs> so it's hard. Yeah, why, it's hard, why, like not to be fearful. But why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Because it's dark and there's shadows around me, and I, I have an active imagination. <laughs> I know, but your mind, your mind is your worst enemy. But you know that God protects you. I can't think. Right? Yes, right. you sound like my father growing up when yes. I was screaming at him, crying after I saw The Exorcist. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I know. I know what I'm. God is always with us and in our hearts if we are believers. <laughs> Let's go back to the movie itself. I mean, the movie was based on a true story, but do remember in the movie, um, you know, that the, the doubts started coming from the 
the other priest that was helping. He was Greek. I remember him. I can I can understand some of the language. His mother just died. He was in a weakened state. He was in bereavement. And the devil said, oh, your mother's down here, you know, and it just freaked him out, right? Yeah. He knew what buttons to push, right? Created a fear, created a doubt. And the other priest told him, you're not, you're not useful to me here. You're not useful here. If you're not going to be useful, I don't want you here. And the movie The Right was the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the other person says, you're, you're doubting, you're doubting, you're doubting. You're not doing me any good here. You're actually making things worse. And then leave. I don't need you here. I need people who are going to be believers who are 100% firm, going in. Okay. And it's like, for me, I don't even think about it. I don't even prepare. I just I walk in and I say, okay, where is he? Where is it? Whatever. And, and, and do my thing and I'm out. Because it's, to me, it's like I have no problem knowing that it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Like I have to do a, pro, I have to do a high profile <laughs> Exorcism in a couple of weeks, which is going to be filmed. There was a murder um, of a woman, uh, um, Evelyn Dyke. Uh, she mm-hmm. murdered actually her husband because he didn't have any money and all whatnot. It was a big history thing there. But she apparently murdered her child and cased it in concrete in the attic. Oh gosh! I didn't even know this house existed. So just a little. So they called me up. Yeah, they called me up and asked me, "Would you mind going in and doing an exorcism on the house?" That has all this history. This, I guess, I call it the Amityville Horror of Canada. So um, I'm going in on April the 18th to actually do an exorcism, which uh, because the family that's living there now is, is experiencing experiencing poltergeist. But I mean, of course they are. It has been murders. She, yeah. she burned body parts in there. They cut it out and burned the body parts in the house. This stuff happens. Oh my gosh, that's oh. So how and if you look it up, you can look it up. Um, Evelyn Dyke in Hamilton, uh, Ontario, Canada, and you know there's a better there's a movie made out of it called Torso about it. And this has been a wow. this, uh, this coast to coast Canada newscast. The woman the woman is looking for some closure. She's not herself possessed. The house is obviously has some paranormal activity. I'm going to do a house cleanse, house blessing, and you know I'm sure it should be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Is there is wow. Is there a reason why a, a demon will possess a house versus a person? You know, what are the different dynamics there? Why Why does that happen? I would think that a demon would just want to be inside of somebody all the time. I don't know, but I don't know how a demon works. So, Well, a demon would be in a house and maybe they're not actually uh, possessing yourself, but it might be there to torment you, maybe, you know, <laughs> giving you the fears, giving you those doubts, might be giving you, might be... Uh, causing you financial problems or health problems, um, waiting for you to sort of break down and get weaker and weaker so that maybe more and more I can get closer into you sort of thing. Um, a house, mm-hmm. I found for most part, the houses, because we talked about this before as well, um, we are all energy. I mean, if you took each one of us and took a really high-powered microscope, at the microscopic level, we're, we're all we're not solid. If you go down deep enough, they're all not they're all cells moving, energy moving, and the faster they move, then the more solid the object. Right? So we there is nothing solid on this planet. Nothing solid. There's just different vibrations, different energy levels, different speeds of energy. And this is how we create the objects that we that we create. Because basically you can take take anything, burn it, and just re re change the, the format of the energy. So Having said that, you know, uh, the people who are left behind, people who are who die traumatically, accidents, uh, gunshots, whatever, you know, uh, um, 
murder, you know, I, I mean, assaults, whatever. And those, those spirits haven't moved on. They are still energy. They just haven't moved on to heaven or wherever they're supposed to go, right? Uh, they're still energy. So they linger in the home. And for them, past, present, and future are simultaneously, are simultaneously running in the spiritual world. So that person that might have died, say, 500 years ago is still going through the same thing over and over and over again, just reliving that trauma. It hasn't moved on, but it's still energy, especially children. Children have a lot more energy of their, because of their purity, their, attract, their attractiveness to the, to the evil. They love that purity. So when I go in and people say, oh, it's here and whatnot, and I might just go in and help the investigative team kind of do a little debunking and whatnot, I always find that there's always one little entity, maybe not so much being a, a problem so much, but it's always sort of lingering in the background. I get that from the sensitive, saying, you know, there's something sinister here hiding, but not really presenting himself. And, and, and what, I, what, I, what I'm finding is it's actually sucking up the energy from the souls yeah. that are there. It's, it's what feeds it. It's what allows it to stay there. So if I, can, if I can bind the entity, which I normally do, they go back and do a very forgiving yeah. prayer for those that are left behind. You know, I give you forgiveness not your fault. I want you to go to the light. I want you to go to where God wants you to go, wherever that might be. That's not my decision. Once they're gone, and I get that confirmation from a sensitive that they're, that they're gone, then I go back to the entity, and it's so easy to get rid of it because now it has absolutely no reason to stay there. It has no energy to fight back because that's what it was feeding on. So for almost every nine out of ten times, there is something mm -hmm. sinister lingering in the background of the home. So that's oh. why I say in those homes, wow. there's something there because it's feeding off the negative energy. Because the only reason why they're left behind is there's some negative undertones from a trauma, a lot of that stuff that lingers. So that, that spirit, that energy is, has a negative right. undertone. So it becomes very attractive to some demonic. Say, oh, yeah, I can go there. I can feed off it. I can stick around for a while, you know, and then who knows? what might happen yeah yeah that's so interesting that they can just kind of they they're, they're like magnets drawn to the things that are most pure in our world and that's exactly. uh but that's balance right that's like what the what the world's all about right. it's the, the balance between you know the good and the bad and trying to find that that middle ground and why it wants it wants the house it wants the house is blessed and you know, all the holy objects are already there and the oils and the drywall and the, the salad has been made <laughs> right, right, right. All right. <laughs> then that's the that that is the good chance, very good chance that nothing's going to come back, because there's just no right. way that a demon, a demon can can stand long enough um, in, yeah. in an environment as such as that. You know, it's just it's just too much blessings. Can I propose one thing? Can I ask Plato if uh, he would be so kind to be with us? Another time, maybe in the future, so he can, so he can answer the fans' question because we don't have time today. But oh, we have so many, so many. No, no worries. This, this is what I do. This is what I do. This is all about education and and getting new people uh, and you not to be afraid. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna happen. I live in perpetual fear. <laughs> I live in two realms: anxiety and fear. So I'm. Gonna... <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, I'm actually a pretty happy person. <laughs> the stuff scares me. Yeah. yeah. You're not supposed to have <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Catholic, so I just have a lot of shame and a no lot of shame. No shame. <laughs> not to be afraid. Right, right. That's right. That's true. Be, be not afraid. Welcome to do this All again right. anytime uh, that we have a chance. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but you we know. are supposed to be yeah. guilty, not if you afraid. Want, if you want to gear into something. If you want to do several of these and do this and 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 specifically work on one topic, and and we can focus on one topic an hour, um, you know, uh, yeah. then that's that's probably better because this is a big topic, guys, yeah. and you know, there's a lot involved, and, and there's a, and there's a lot more it's really big. out yeah. there. Um, there's a lot of information, so so yeah. choose a topic that you that maybe the fans want to talk about. Like maybe some spiritual protection. I mean, you know, yeah. um, some of the things people can yeah. do to Goodness, protect yeah, themselves. We'll somebody I'd want to ask about Another other one things. would be how do you recognize, you know, other things. How to stay away from some of these things. Um, um, you know, maybe there might be some, some people out there that are actually paranormal investigators. They may want to know how to protect themselves before they go in. So I, this is where I would love to be able to, to, to help these paranormal teams say, what you're doing is great. I totally support it. I think these research... The debunking, the, you know, that the exploration is wonderful because I get involved. I love going around with a flashlight too, you know, and asking people to bump doors and whatnot too. Um, I do, the, I love that. But I, I want people <laughs> to be prepared and I want people to be safe. And always keeping in mind that these people have, right. these are real people with real problems. They're like, they're like people going to a hospital, going to a cardiologist saying, you know what, I'm having chest pain. You're not going to say, well, you're not going to go to a doctor who doesn't know. You're going to go to someone who has, who's a professional. So I want these people to be really prepared to know, okay, great, do your thing. But if you're not comfortable or you're over your head, you got to make some phone calls and get some help. That's really what this whole message is all about. Okay. Fantastic. I'll leave it at that. Right. The best protection is educating yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Bishop Plato, for educating <laughs> us today, you know, sharing your experience and yeah. knowledge. And if, you get, if you get a chance to look up Evelyn, yeah. Evelyn Dyke, yeah. Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, back in the 40s, uh, there's a movie about her out there. Um, I'll be doing something about that on, on April the 8th. And it's, uh, it was quite a little story. So I, it was, I was quite astonished as to the extent of this woman, who, this notorious woman who, who murdered um, um, Sorry. So again, I, this is just the next, the next of my next adventures. Yes, yes, I definitely will. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, and good luck, good luck with all of your, uh, the demon casting. And, thank you very much, and, and no fear. And I'll, I'll work, I'll work on my no fear. I'm gonna work on you. You're my, you're my head, <laughs> head project from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> well, peace and love, peace and love. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we'll sign up for now. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Take care. No problem. Take care. <laughs> bye God bye. bless. Take Good care, luck. girls. Bye. Bye. Take care, girls.